0: Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy.
1: The break and fire is blocked by Spurgeon. Rebound, got through, and they score. Giroux on the rebound beats Gustafson with a minute 40 to go. Ottawa has cut the Minnesota lead to one.
0: Ah, uh, that would be all she wrote, though. It's courtesy of Bally Sports in Minnesota. You can always tell it's the road feed by the emotion of the announcer. Ottawa scores. Sens are down 3 0. Claude Giroux did score there in the final couple of minutes. The Wild add an empty netter for a 4 2 victory. Coming up today on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. Knowing that Cam Talbot wanted a piece of Minnesota, should the Sens have given the net to him on Sunday? In our last episode, we were worried about Tim Stutzler's shoulder injury. Not anymore. He's going to be back maybe this week. And Josh Norris might be close as well. And Alex Formanton signs on in Switzerland. All still ahead today on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. It is Steve Warren,
1: along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. How are things, Greg? Things are good, Steve. My my cold is all but gone. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully I don't catch a third one now. This is, uh, it's gone on long enough. Yeah, I hear you. I hear
0: you. Certainly a great sports weekend. Not just the Sens with a couple of afternoon games. But uh, we had the World Cup final, lots of cool NFL stuff. I'm watching Saturday. I saw the greatest NFL comeback ever. And then I saw the Buffalo Bills and their fan base. Really good football game. And at the two-minute warning in a 29-29 bowl game, they're singing uh, in Bill stadium, let it snow, let it snow. Uh, So it was pretty cool. I thought just overall on the weekend, lots of fantastic stuff. What did you get up to
1: this weekend? And there was some golf on too, Steve. Did you not watch – Nope. Watch Tiger and his uh, son Charlie, who you think was a carbon copy, and to see Lee Trevino still out there going it was—it's the family one, right? It's the bring your son yeah. or your nephew or your. A lot of guys now are bringing their dads. It was—I I watched a little bit of golf, but yeah, and then a little bit of soccer, a little bit of football. One of those weekends, you're right, and love watching afternoon Sens games. That's great. I wish we had more of those.
0: Yeah. The Sens were on a run of 8-2-1, and one, including four straight wins, and that obviously ended Sunday afternoon in Minnesota. But I think big picture, the Sens have generally played a lot better, quite obviously, and the record would indicate that. Uh, not to make excuses, Greg, but that's really not an easy turnaround, right? You've got the back-to-back games, which is one thing, but you had travel in there as well, and both were afternoon games. So you're in Detroit Saturday, and then you've got Minnesota, which is about 10 hours away. It's a two-, three-hour flight and so that's not the easiest of turnarounds. So I think you probably look at that there's a reason they came out kind of flat
1: in that first period. Yeah, I mean we we were all expecting that, right? You could you could uh, you could almost write it uh, write it down ahead of time that they were going to be flat in the first. I thought they they tried desperately to make a game of it look better in the second period. Just a couple little things came up in the third. You know, here's a important time now where we, we, you know, we got to get a power play goal here, and it didn't quite happen there in the third period. I thought the fact that the the bottom six, you really, really, really needed a goal out of the bottom six, like a like a five on five goal to come out of the bottom six. They got that one. I thought that was nice to see because it's been a while. And uh, I thought, okay, maybe they got a shot here, but but really, just to spot a team as good as Minnesota a three goal lead after forty. That's a that's a pretty pretty big uh, hole to dig yourselves out of, yeah. And
0: digging themselves out of a hole is what the season has come to right now. When you look at what they've done in, in the last little while, before that ten game run that they went on, where they went seven two and one and actually made it to eight two and one, uh, but before that ten game run, they were six twelve and one on the year, dead last in their division. After the run, they were thirteen fourteen and two, so they doubled their point total. From 13 to 28, they actually brought their record, at least points percentage-wise, to 500 with a win over Detroit. Did you think they'd get back to a 500 record this
1: quickly? Why do you think it would be this quick, but... Uh you know, again, you got to look back at things. There were games there at the beginning of the year. They were they were losing games. Where and I, I hate to give them cliches and everything, but they were in those games. And you go back to DJ's famous line through a lot of those games. His post game comment was, "You know, you play that well most nights in this league, you're going to win." And 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 there was truth to that. And finally, some things have started to turn, and they were playing better. And the red hot power play certainly helped. And and Boom! You know, you run off a few in a row, and you get back to five hundred. Now the test is to can they be at five hundred by the Christmas break? A few more games here to go before the break. Can they get back there again uh, this week? And that's that's a place to start. Come back after the break and chip away and chip away. And who knows? Like St. Louis went from last to Stanley Cup champions a couple of years ago. So maybe uh, if if all you are looking for is to go from last to a playoff spot, maybe it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Certainly, right now, the special teams have been
0: going very, very well. I mean, that game in Detroit was evidence of that three power play goals, two shorthanded goals. Are you seeing them doing
1: anything differently or are they just going in suddenly? you know, I think with the with the power play, I honestly think it has something to do with the fact that they're short a couple guys now I, like like I I gotta say that the whole thought of starting the year, Without Alex to bring it on your number one unit, being that one T guy, that option on the, on the left flank, is really kind of silly. Uh, I honestly think that the injury to Stutzla and the injury to Norris, okay, they load everybody up on one unit, and that one unit often goes the full two minutes now, if not at least a minute 40 or more. That probably has a lot to do with it. There is not so much shuffling around. There is five very good players on the ice. Man, they move the puck well, and they read so well off what they're given that they're able to switch from a high play to a low play, from a one t on a flank to a one t from Shabbat. Like Shabbat's got five power play goals now; he's leading the league in defenseman power play goals. So they've they've made adjustments, and I really think that the concentration of all the the elite power on one unit makes a big difference. That's a good point. I mean, you
0: don't often think about injuries having a silver lining, but maybe you're right in this case. I mean, DJ Smith's thought at the start of the year, his thought about the power play was, you know, whichever power play unit is going, that's the that's the power play unit mm. that's going to start. I think we can agree. It sounds like we agree. That's just not a great idea in that when you, when you have a real set power play and injury forces you into that with the injuries to Norris, and Stutzla, I mean, you, you get your reps in. You, you start getting a feel for the other guys. You are not switching it up all the time, and uh, yeah, it might be a blessing in disguise, from at least from the the special teams perspective. That that's maybe why the power play is going again because you are getting consistent reps and guys are getting used to each other.
1: Yeah, you you were giving power play time to to a second unit, I guess we'll call it, that saw Giroux on the right flank and had Pinto when you were working more uh much more plays to the bumper to pinto than you were anywhere else. But to break it was on the other side and was sort of being wasted over there. Um but the other thing is psychologically, you've got five guys who know. There's no pressure on them. There's no like, oh geez, if we don't score, then one B is going to get a get the next start, the next power play. These five guys know. They are the number one power play. They start every power play and nine times out of ten, or at least sorry, 67% of the time they finish every power play too. So it makes a big difference psychologically for that that five-man unit as well. Jim K. Ford Lincoln is turning 40, and to celebrate, they're giving you a gift. It's Truck
0: Days, and to thank you for 40 years of support, Jim K. is offering up to $3,000 in factory order rebates. No matter what it is you have to do, make, move, or create, there's a Ford truck built for you. Come celebrate four decades of Jim K. by ordering your brand-new Maverick Ranger or F-150 your way. Secure your order today. Get started at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! I want to ask you about the goaltending this weekend. We knew going in that you had a back-to-back situation. And for whatever reason, the NHL is a place now where coaches don't like to give goalies back-to-back games. We'll talk about that in a second. But with the game in Detroit, there you've got a divisional opponent. That's a big game, one of the teams you're trying to reel in here. And then on Sunday, you had Minnesota, which is Cam Talbot's old team. So knowing that Cam Talbot, A, has the hot hand – and B, he clearly has a chip on his shoulder about his old team, the Minnesota Wild, and the way that he parted company from there, would you have put him in for today's game or yesterday's
1: game? I would have put him in both, Steve. Like, I'm sorry, I I don't think the goaltenders are are made of glass. I think that you can play them in back-to-back games, and oh my gosh, I think you can play them in back-to-back road games too. Mm-hmm. I I get why it was important for him to play in Detroit, if you are coaching a – go back to your house league days or your your girls' uh, competitive coaching days, Steve. When you're coaching a team that isn't expected to win every night, but there are certain games where you are expected to win, those are the games where you play the number one guy. I play the guy, my best goalie on the nights where I believe I should win or have a chance to win. On those games, it sounds sad, but on those games where I maybe don't have a chance to win or there's no way in hell I'm going to win, that's the game where I put the lesser goalie in. Now take it to the NHL level where you've got two guys, one who has clearly established himself as being better than the other at this point of the season anyway. Mm-hmm. You needed him to play against Detroit. That's Talbot I'm speaking of. So I get why he played against Detroit, but I don't get why he didn't come back with them again the very next afternoon against against Minnesota. You, you you needed a win. The guy's playing well. He needed and he's extra motivation playing his former team. Whether that was going to get you a win or not, I don't know. But he deserved the opportunity to to be a net there for that game. And I wouldn't have had a problem with playing him back to back.
0: Interesting. It's conventional wisdom these days to not start goalies back to back like this. Where did we when did we get here with this? Yeah. Like to me I mean, with all respect to goalies, they work their ass off. They're bending. It's it's a it's a rigorous position. But I don't think it's that much more rigorous than an NHL defenseman or a forward. They're out there skating 200 feet every shift.
1: Or a catcher.
0: Sure. Like, if skaters can play every three games in four days, why can't goalies play back-to-back? And you don't have to go back to the 50s or something like that. You could go back to oh seven oh eight. That's still modern goaltending. And Marty Brodeur, in those two seasons, he played 78 and 77 games, respectively. He played 10 straight years in the 2000s where he played 70 or more games. So when did when did this become a thing that you, oh, you can't touch the goaltender back-to-back? In fact, Cam Talbot probably would have been the first guy to say, sign me up for back-to-backs on the weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know when it happened, Steve. It, it was... And, and think... Think of how much better the travel is now than it was then. Teams used to travel on a regular old airplane with you and me and my wife and kids. And, oh, look, there's an NHL team here. They right. travel in a charter now straight from the airport to the hotel. They barely go through any customs check like you or I do. Uh, it's it's a pampered lifestyle for travel. I don't understand it. It it, it came about when some, you know what, I sh- we should do some research and figure this out some team somewhere became a 1A, 1B team instead of a number one goalie, and they sort of went to that system, and I guess it worked for them. And now it's like, oh, no, it's a copycat league, so we can't do that anymore. But I, I still think you, there's there's time and place. I'm not saying that Cam Talbot has to play 15 in a row. No. I'm saying it wouldn't have been such a bad thing to play the guy back-to-back this weekend.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't know when it became scandalous to even mention the idea that a starting goalie would go back-to-back back in as many days. It just, uh, I find it interesting. I also find it interesting, the communication process between Cam Talbot and his head coach, DJ Smith. Either, in my opinion, Greg, we've either had a failure to communicate here or somebody's spinning or BSing. One of those two things is at play here, in my opinion. So DJ Smith is on record saying his standard scrum this week, he said he left it up to Cam Talbot, who said that, uh, according to DJ Smith, he said, uh, I'll do what's best for for the team. And DJ decided, okay, what's best for the team is having him start against Detroit. And that's not unreasonable because, you know, that's a more winnable game. And it's the more important game, too, because it's a divisional opponent. And then one of the teams you're trying to track down. But Talbot, in the Athletic this week, said... He wanted to start Sunday against the Wild, and the quote was, The division games take precedent over the personal rivalry. I told them whatever decision they made, I would understand, but they knew I wanted to play Minnesota. So, miscommunication? Or is DJ Smith trying to put a,
1: I don't know, a different spin on things? Well, I think the only consistency here between the statements from Talbot and the statements from Smith is that Talbot said, I want to do whatever you think is best for the team. Right. That we got for sure. The 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 question becomes, okay, did Talbot say, I want to do what's best for the team, but I want Minnesota, or did he not? And I think the other little thing to think about here is that DJ Smith did not say Forsberg is playing in Minnesota. He said that was going to be a game time decision or that will be decided later or whatever. The the announcement of Forsberg as the starting goalie did not come before the Detroit game, didn't come uh, after the Detroit game. It came sometime during the day of the uh, Minnesota game. So at some point in time, he did have an option or did have a choice or was at least thinking about playing Talbot back to back so what what the communication was maybe you're right the messaging got changed or people's perceptions or memories got changed after the fact to suit the situation i don't know it might not be the first time it's happened but uh, that that's that's a distinct possibility would you consider it just for the angle of you
0: know let's let's say that you bought in let's say we know you're not but you're not a coach you feel that that's absolutely imperative but even if it were your general policy that you don't like to start guys back-to-back on in road games, would you not make the exception here? Just You're not going to play Minnesota again, and these are unique circumstances, and this is a player that clearly has articulated that he wanted this team. He wanted that revenge game, I suppose, because it was a very nasty breakup. And so for the team-building concept, would it not have been worth breaking your rule just to give the guy the opportunity that he's looking for,
1: because I'm sure he had that circled on his calendar that game. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, I would have started him. I, I, I don't even know that I would have discussed it with him. I would have right. just said, you're playing them both back to back. Who knows? May, maybe something happened today and, and Talbot wasn't good to go, but I, I just I find that hard to believe. I, I, I got to believe it came from, from DJ that he wasn't going to play Talbot back to back. And I, I couldn't disagree with that decision more. I think the bottom line is, I think he gave you the best shot to win on Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon too. That's
0: the other factor. Um, meanwhile, the guy that he was traded for started for the Minnesota Wild on Sunday afternoon and got the W. And Philip Gustafson six O and O in his last six starts since his win streak started. He leads the NHL with a one point four eight goals against average, ranked second with a nine forty five save percentage there will be those who go, oh, no, that trade's blowing up in our face. And I've always said, whoever you think the best goalie of all time, let's say we brought up Marty Brodeur a moment ago. You put Marty Brodeur on the California Golden Seals. Now, I know that's not his era. He's not doing what he did in all those years in New Jersey where they were trapping it up and playing sublime defense. And that's an example of what you got here. The Sens were a gong show. They have been for at least a chunk of this year. And for most of the time Gustafson was an Ottawa Senator. Well, of course his stats are going to improve because he's playing behind a very, very stalwart
1: defense. His numbers are no different than if Talbot had been there. <laughs> right. Right? Right. Like like the, the team in front of him is far superior. Uh therefore, if his record wasn't better, you'd be like, What the this doesn't make any sense? Right? Yeah. So of course his save percentage is higher, his win total is higher, his GAA is lower. It only makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, he took a bit of a dig at the Sens leading into the game. The quote that he gave, uh, I I wish I could attribute, I don't have it in front of me, who might have been TSN, I'm not sure, or maybe just a general media scrum. But he said, I remember in Ottawa, it was always nervous coming into the rink, not knowing what team would show up. You'd play against good teams, and then you're actually nervous. This team, being the Minnesota Wild, is so good, so you can expect the team to win every night. It's just relaxing coming in here and doing what I'm doing. I'm not sure there's anything wrong with what he's saying there, Greg, <laughs> but it's certainly not something that's going to be appreciated by Ascend's teammates of the past.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's more of a it's more of a uh, a comment on how much better it is in Minnesota than saying that it was terrible in Ottawa. Right. I, I I mean, he's just he's. Uh, yeah, I don't know if if he had to do it over again. Does he say it differently? Does he does he not realize exactly what he's saying? There's nuance in there. It's like you're uh, probably not. You know, it's it's like an Alfie. It's uh, direct and to the point. But maybe maybe in this case, it wasn't meant to be. It just kind of came across that way. I don't blame him for being excited about the Minnesota Wild having watched them
0: against the Sens today. And again, it may have been the circumstances for Ottawa with a back to back and travel in there and all that But I I really like Minnesota's game like it was. But yeah, the Minnesota Wild just looks so organized and so fast. And they were the first on the puck all the time in that first.
1: That's a big, strong, heavy, heavy team. Yes. And you've got a lot of depth there. Like you might not like Ryan Reeves as a hockey player, but the arrival of Ryan Reeves has really solidified that fourth line. The third line, you've got Greenway and Felino there. Like, that's a strong unit. Your your bottom six is tough to play against, and that right. wears you down. And then, okay, we're, we're through those two lines, and then out come the big boys, the first two lines. Like, there's a lot of firepower in the top six there that it makes it tough to play against, shift in, shift out consistent effort, the old get pucks deep. They forecheck like animals. They love to they love to cycle the puck and forecheck hard, and they're heavy and strong and physical. And then you add skill and you add pace with some speed, and like that's a really good
0: hockey team. Yeah, fifth in the regular season standings last year, but lost in the first round. If I were a, a betting man, I would imagine you could still get pretty good odds on Minnesota. That would be a team I would take a, a run at as a dark horse, potentially to win a cup this year, but we'll oh, see. Yeah. Let's yeah. take a time with the program. When we return, we'll talk about the injury situation a lot brighter than the last time we got together. So we'll get into uh, what's up with Tim Stutzler and Alex Formanton is playing hockey again, just not for the Ottawa Senators. We'll talk about it after these words. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle, you want to make sure it's reliable, not breaking down, obviously, particularly with our Ottawa winter Well, check out Jim K. Ford, your Ottawa-certified, pre-owned Ford dealer. At Jim K., they stand behind all the vehicles they sell. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty on your vehicle? A history report of the vehicle, low purchase financing rates, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That's the peace of mind every buyer is looking for, and Jim K. Ford delivers. JimKFord.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. And did you know that Ottawa's very own Dunrobin Distilleries has been winning prestigious awards internationally for their spirits? It's true. Their gins won gold and silver earlier this year out of the UK, and their whiskey came in second place as the best Canadian whiskey in the country. Pick up some Dunrobin Spirits today at various LCBO locations across the province or buy directly from their website at DunrobinDistilleries.com. So the injury news is very good. Tim Stutzley and Tyler Mott, for that uh, matter, avoid serious injury in that Anaheim game last week. Mott was back against Detroit, so his shoulder injury wasn't too bad. He got hit behind the uh, behind the net against Anaheim. I thought it was textbook interference, but uh, he's uh, he's not that off. Got a great goal, shorty, uh, on that nice play from Parker Kelly in the Detroit game. But more importantly, for the team, Tim Stutzla is only going to be out. Uh, They think, say, at least a week with a shoulder strain, which is absolutely huge, because in our last episode, I think we were concerned that that might be a season ender potentially or or something like Josh
1: Norris's. Yeah, it looks good for Stutz to be back. Uh, uh, It wouldn't surprise me if he stays out until the Christmas break. Right. Uh, Just give him a little bit of time here. Yeah. Um, He makes a difference. You could argue he has been there their best player. That's a nice argument to have, right? Steve, who's been their best forward in the first half? Well, it's not really the half, but up to the Christmas break, who's been their best forward? Uh, You could argue it's been Stutzla. He's certainly continued to climb, gotten better and better and better with each passing month, it seems, in in, into his career. More comfortable at center ice. He'll be missed on the ice. He has been missed these last couple of games. And thankfully, it's not long-term like like Norris. And even in the case of Norris, That we thought was long term looks like it might not be quite as long as we all thought uh, at this point. Anyway, looks like maybe he's back in January.
0: Yeah, he had practice uh, this past Friday. Josh Norris skated to the bench and took off his yellow non contact jersey and fired on a regular jersey. So that's a great sign, no question about that. But it's a great that's a great poll when you think about it. Who has been the MVP among Ford's Stutzler's in the discussion. Certainly Brady Kachuk's in that discussion. Alex DeBrinket. I think uh, Claude yeah, Giroux, Giroux for sure. Even mm-hmm. Drake Batherson has entered the chat at this stage of the game. He's got 12 points in his last eight games. So he's, he's behaving and playing way, way better than he was earlier in the season. So, yeah, it's a, that's an interesting discussion. That would be an interesting Ooh. poll question that I might put away for a, a rainy day. <laughs> um, let's close it out with this, though, before we get to sends trivia and some Sen's birthdays as well. Alex Formanton has signed on with Switzerland. Uh, that will be for the rest of the season, obviously. He's ineligible to play for the Sens or anyone in the NHL. Didn't sign the new deal by December 1st, which is the deadline for RFAs to sign the season. Eh, I think we can all agree that wasn't by his choice. I think that's fair to say, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he signed a one-year deal to play with a club called Embry Piota, which uh, Corey Conacher most recently played for. And he's Good old now- Corey Conacher. Exactly, yeah. He's uh, he's celebrating his birthday, by the way, this week and uh, plays for the Belleville Senators now. Um, but what I found interesting about this storyline, we knew this was probably going to happen, that Formanton would uh, seek work overseas. But what I found interesting was that they basically, in their statement when they signed Formanton, said everything that I've been saying on the podcast here for a long time now. The statement is something along the lines of, Uh, The team says it knows that the player and some of his teammates from the 2018 World Juniors were being investigated as part of an alleged sexual assault that occurred that summer. The team, after discussion with Formanton, who fully cooperated with authorities during investigations carried out by the London police, the NHL, Hockey Canada, and his lawyers, believes there's no reason not to assert the presumption of innocence against him. But... Should the new investigation by Canadian police reveal elements that are currently unknown, the club and the player have reserved the right to reevaluate their contractual relationship. And Gary Bettman said last week that the investigation by the league is in the homestretch right now. And then that's all I was talking about with the senators this whole time. It's like you could have done something. It just seemed like we could have got to a stage where sign a one-year deal. If you need to react and do the right thing once news breaks about something or other, then you can just go ahead and do that. And I, I, don't,
1: I don't understand why Switzerland could do it, but the Ottawa senators could not. Well, I think the Ottawa senators could do it. But I think that part of the problem is that there's probably a presumption out there that the senators know more than we do, that the senators know more, that the NHL knows more, that lots of people probably know more than has been released for public consumption at this time. And therefore, if you do sign the player, even with this sort of caveat on it that, uh, you know, we're going to reevaluate things if things work out poorly for you, I think even with that caveat on it, if you signed him and it comes out, uh, you know, that he did do something wrong or that he was more heavily involved or whatever, it wouldn't look good that, wait a minute, you knew all this stuff and you still signed him. Even with this little uh, caveat in there, it makes it sound more like, it doesn't sound like uh, if you're found to be uh guilty of something we'll reevaluate. It looks more like if people find out that you were guilty of something, then we can reevaluate. And I think that right. probably played as much a part in this as anything. Yeah, I believe you're right.
0: Again, I, I just feel innocent until proven guilty, not innocent. And that's until- right in
1: there, right? Your line's right in there.
0: Yeah. In yeah. their this statement, do- right? This this doesn't seem like innocent until proven guilty. It's innocent yeah. until implied guilty. That's that's what it felt like in Ottawa this year. Um, okay, so let's close it out today with a little sense trivia, ladies and gentlemen. And uh of course, of course, it is brought to you by our good and great friends at Kodiak Security Systems. Are you all set
1: for today's question? Oh, you know, I'm ready, Steve. I don't have one for you. It's we're back to the norm now. Just just one for one for each. We'll take turns from week to week, but I'm so, I'm ready. Go ahead. All right. Okay. So our question today is in the
0: twenty twenties, eight men have had a hat trick for the Ottawa Senators. Can you name four of them? Oh good god. Uh Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan is a good choice. Very wow. emotional night. Uh Pajot. Pajot is not in the twenty twenties, but he has
1: had hat tricks, obviously. Oh, yeah. The 2020s is only three years. <laughs> okay. It's only three years. All right. Somebody got one into an empty net last year. I believe that was, uh, was that Matthew Joseph? Matthew Joseph is correct. Okay. That too. I've got to um, believe that in somewhere in there. Oh, Brady Kachuk, did not? Did he not get one with an OT winner that gave him a hat trick uh, this year even, right? No? Uh, I don't have him for this year.
0: Oh. Well, but I do have year. him uh, he did. He did get one l- couple of Dece- uh
1: Yeah, yeah. It was one, last, one, December.
0: The- yeah, last December. last December in a four nothing win over Tampa.
1: Okay. Um and one I, more. I, I I've got to say that Drake did it. He did. Yep. Yeah, back in twenty twenty one. That's it. And, oh, uh, oh, oh. and another one I just thought of uh, playing in Detroit. I believe his hometown. Did Josh Norris not get a hat trick? Was it like back to back games? Norris then Joseph. I guess they must had back to back. Yeah, they had a home and home with
0: Detroit. And then yep. Joseph had uh, three in a 5-2 win over Detroit, and Norris had three in a 5-2
1: win over Detroit, at least according to hockey reference. Right. So, Okay, so I'm only missing, how many? I, that's about five, I think, I've given you now. How many are there? You, you only have two to go.
0: Two to go. Oh, no, wait, three to go. Three to go. And one's pretty obvious. We just talked about him
1: seconds ago. Oh, Timmy Stu. Yes, Timmy Stu, yes. of course. He, he got an empty netter to get his third one night, I thought, too. Did he not? It seems like a whole bunch of them got their hat trick on an empty netter.
0: All right. To close it out, I'll tell you that it is Zach Sanford and Tyler Ennis. Oh, I remember. The, oh, and I remember both of them. There you go. Oh,
1: geez. You've done Sanford very well. After, yeah, Sanford had been out of the lineup for a while, and so had Ennis, right? Ennis just came back into the lineup and, boom, scored three goals. I declare yeah. you a winner in sense trivia.
0: Yeah. And, of course, it's brought to you by Kodiak Security Systems, keeping your home and business safe and secure in Ottawa for the last 40 years. All of Kodiak's systems come with a complete warranty and their friendly technicians are the best. Not hired contractors, they're all Kodiak employees who truly understand the systems and the highest standard of installation. Switch your monitoring to Kodiak Security and receive three months of monitoring absolutely free. Kodiaksecurity.ca, they're at 2801 Riverside Drive. Please tell them the Sens Nation podcast sent you.
1: And please remember, there is a bear in there. Exactly,
0: Alex Debrinket. As we record this here on December eighteenth, he turns twenty-five today. And Cory Conner, good old Cory Conner, turns thirty-three. Uh, he actually turned thirty-three this past Thursday. So, happy birthday to a current senator and uh, a guy in the Senate organization. Both current well. senators. You, you expect to see Cory Conner in the show again anytime soon? No, at thirty-three, little senator. I know. I mentioned that earlier on the show. Yeah, but still, So they are both current senators. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> How's he doing down there anyway? Uh, I think he has. Uh, he's only played two games. I think he has a point. There you go. But, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure he's <laughs> playing regularly or not, to be honest. Um, and lastly, before we go, I, I saw a quote from Gary Bettman, um, and uh, he was being asked about the idea of adding a play-in wild card round to the Stanley mm. Cup playoffs. And I loved. I don't love Gary Bettman most of the time. I, I, he's been fine, but I'm you know sometimes he's annoying. But I love that he doesn't move teams around or tries to prevent that whenever possible. But I also love that he hates this idea. He said, you you guys are looking to fix a problem that does not exist." Would you be in favor of extra playoffs, a play-in or a wild card round, and expanding the playoffs the way they have in baseball and the NFL?
1: I don't want any extra playoff teams. Do I think that the whole idea of seven plays 10 and eight plays nine and two get to make their way into the playoffs so that the actual playoffs is still just those 16 teams? That's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting and all that sort of stuff, but I don't think it's necessary. I, I don't need to see it. The playoffs with 16 teams is just fine the way it is. It was the other comment that Gary Bettman made that wrinkled uh, my feathers, anyway, ruffled my feathers, sorry. What he was talking about, he was asked about the cars that are speeding around on the boards and the puck that's zooming by on the boards. And instead of just saying something along the lines of, hey, it's a revenue stream for us, we're making money from it. We understand some people think it's kind of weird or distracting, you know, we'll think about that. But for the meantime, we're making money and we're gonna stick with it. That would have been an acceptable response. Instead, right. Gary came up with some crap about some polling from the fans that our polling shows that the fans like it or they're okay with it. They prefer that to advertising on jerseys or some crap. I find it hard to believe that anybody has been polled about what they think of cars speeding around on the boards and odd can get broadcast. Yeah,
0: did he actually mention jersey ads? Because
1: yes, he did. Doing,
0: they're, they're doing that too. It's not like you're. It's an either-or yeah. thing. You're doing both, Gary. You're doing yeah. both. Anyway, uh, we'll call it quits there. This week for the Sens, they're in Winnipeg on Tuesday. And who, who knows? Maybe Tim Stutzler he's already going to be beyond a week. And so I guess uh, there's a chance he could come back before Christmas. But I tend to agree with you. Play it safe. They're in Winnipeg on Tuesday night. They'll be home against Washington on Thursday. And then to close it out before Christmas, they're home to Detroit on Friday. So... Enjoy two the Sens action.
1: What's that? Got to get two out of three. That would I, be nice. I, I could see them losing in Winnipeg. That's a really good hockey club. You thought Minnesota was, was deep and heavy and, and physical and, and skilled like Winnipeg is something else. But right. you better come home and beat Washington and Detroit. That's all there is to it. So right. we
0: shall take our leave, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget our website is SensNationHockey.com. Greg, enjoy your evening, and we shall talk to you next time.
1: Yes, sir. Talk soon. Thanks
0: for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review, share the show with your friends and followers, or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at sensnationhockey.com.